This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Jackson's there, Billy did. A goal, Chris Billy Huddersfield Town. The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2. Huddersfield. Oi. Thank you. Rupian Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. For Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! Hello and welcome to episode 192 of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. It's a day late, no one's noticed and I'm not sure anyone cares at this point. Because it's been a fairly good week for Darren Moore's Terriers, all in all. Most town fans would have said before the Southampton game that town would be lucky to get one point over the next three games. And here we are with five shiny puntos. Uh, from puntos to punters, joining myself, Matt Shaw. You can never find a screwdriver, but you can always find a Phillips. It's Josh Phillips. And whilst the cat's away, the mouse will play. Sean of his partner in crime, Tom. But bringing the cinnamon is Jerry Hinnan. And finally, back once again after a few weeks' break, showing that it never carains, but it pours. It's Danny Carain. How are we doing, gentlemen? Terrible oh, punters. Was that, was that punters you said? Are you sure? Puntos is yeah. Spanish for points. Well, yeah. You call it, you call, you call it the punters. punters. Yeah, just checking yeah. you got the right. Right. Uh, at the start of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just about. Just about. I think my first draft might have been slightly different, but, Fair you know, play. we'll. You know, you got there in the end. Spell check and all that. Uh, yes, so this episode. Oh, there we go. Jerry's in. You know, hopefully yeah. we've not got the Mick McCarthy, um, Mick McCarthy 2002 Japan World Cup syndrome kicking in there. But there we go. Um, this episode is sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. As always, uh, coming up to Christmas, have a look at www.magicrockbrewing.com and use our code of AHTTC10 to get 10% off all of your online orders if you wish to make a purchase. And the Dairy Freak's back as well. That's always a particular favourite of mine. Uh, right, <clears throat> let's fire into it. Swansea City 1, Huddersfield Town 
one. Uh, Town made a, a very encouraging start. It was, you know, lined up in the the five four one system as we we expected. Jaheim Headley down the left and a, a very early ball in causes mayhem at the back and uh, Ben Cabango sticks it in the net. What a start, Danny! Eh? Yeah, definitely. And uh, I'm glad that Jaheim's getting um, getting some game time. I think he's, um, you know, he's not the finished product or anything, but he's got that sort of pace and that direct running that. When we play as defensively as we do, that it, it, you know, it causes problems. I think sometimes if he's if he gets the ball in the right areas and he runs at people, I think he can he can cause you know trouble for defenders. So yeah, it was nice to see uh, see him get forward so early in the game. Mm. And then a uh, bit fortunate there, Jerry Cabango sticking it in. I think Sauber was was lurking back post, wasn't it? But these are the sort of the bits of luck that Huddersfield Town don't usually get. Yeah, um, Sorbo was lurking. He was never getting to that ball. Like, Bango could have left it alone. I think, you know, the uh, keeper, I forget his name, the other defender there, one of them could have cleared it out pretty easily. I think Bango probably clears it, you know, eight out of ten times. Um, you know, definitely a slice of luck. But uh, to Danny's point, you know, Town's last two goals have been basically Jaheim Headley gets on the ball, starts running at people, and, like, things happen. You know, um, the Bergsorg goal, you know, obviously it was a terrific finish from him, but that started with Headley deciding to try and dribble like past three people and mostly doing it. Um, Headley clearly, I think, is the sort of player who can make something out of nothing, as Danny alluded to. And if there was ever a team right now that needed players who can make something happen out of nothing, uh, it, it's certainly this current Huddersfield Town squad. Mm, I mean, Jaheim Headley's a. Uh... He's very up and down at the moment, isn't he? Sometimes he's very good, and then he's he sort of drifts out, and that's mostly in the in the same game as well. I think we did a um, a player ratings, and I gave him probably a quite a harsh five and a half for uh, his his performance. And I think that was mainly because he made that great start, and then at times during the game, he he didn't really support the front three like I, I wanted him to. He didn't really push up and support the man in possession, but rather kept a defensive shape. But that could have been instruction, so maybe I've been harsh on Jaheim there. Maybe um, someone that. I think people are always harsh on Josh to segue that nicely is Danny Ward. He started uh, up front for the first time in exactly three months. His last start was the 2nd of September. uh, And then the next one is 2nd of December. Um, He should have made it 2-0 just before half time, And that's an entirely different game. I mean, or at least make the keeper do more than he did, shall we say. It was quite quite straight down Cal Rushworth's throat and, Cal Rushworth, by the way, was released by Huddersfield Town when we pulled the academy in 2017. So that's, uh, yeah, that's that's a bone of contention. But um, Danny Ward, how, how do you think Danny Ward did in that first half, Josh? And um, for me, he should be making Rushworth work a little bit more than he did. Yeah, well, I suppose when you don't create many chances, that, that sort of level of chance gets amplified. Whereas, you know, if you're, if you're creating a lot of chances, it's more of a half chance. I don't think the XG would have been very high on that one. <laughs> Not that ours is ever high, but um, he did all right. You know, it's it's a tough job and he's very isolated. First game back after a few months. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good to have sort of a, a proper striker, you know, proper championship striker with, uh, you know, proven. Because Harris, Harris uh, he's, he's, should he really be a, uh, maybe on loan or something this season instead of being like a first choice striker for us. You know, having having Danny Ward back is a 
it's um, it's a good option, especially for this period of season until January when, you know, maybe things will happen. We might get someone else in. But um, yeah, it's very different playing on his own up front to to how Bergsog does it. So, yeah, it was good good to have him back, but um, nothing more than just a, you know, all right performance. Yeah, it, that, it felt a little bit you. to me like he and Bergsorg had their roles like switched from the way we would naturally like hope to have them. Like we had Bergsorg on to try and kill off the game at the end where we really kind of need that target up front to take the ball down and settle it. And we had Ward through the first part of the game where, you know, theoretically, Towner trying to create more up front, get a little bit more pressure on Swansea's back line. And, you know, I understand totally. I'm not second-guessing necessarily, uh, you know, Moore's decision. Ward, I think, is the better striker at this point. Um, you know, he definitely needs a start, uh, start putting a little bit more, you know, fitness in his legs and all that kind of sort of thing, maybe in the future. Once he's gotten a couple of starts under his belt, he puts that chance away. Uh, but at the same time, it just felt a little bit like at the end of the game, I wanted Ward out there to help settle things down. And at the beginning of the game, I wanted Bergsworth there to create a little bit more chaos uh, in the Swansea back line. It's just kind of a, you know, a little bit of a backwards juxtaposition. But when you've had injuries, you've had guys in and out of the squad, you don't have a lot of options. That's the sort of thing that happens. Yeah, I think that might have been forced more more than anything, Danny. Uh, yeah, you've got Delano Bergsorg, who's you know just about come back, hadn't he? Against against uh, did he come on? He came on against Southampton, where he could only play twenty minutes or so, and then he started against Sunderland, and he was absolutely shattered going into the second half against Sunderland. And then um, yesterday, um, not yesterday, it's now it's now Monday, isn't it? So uh, on Saturday, yeah, Delano Bergsorg had to come on because I don't think there was a possibility that he could have started that game, whereas Danny Ward had Probably pulled not. out with flu um, against Southampton. And then, uh, you know, he's, he came on on Wednesday having recovered. So it's just probably the way it's fallen there. But I think you're right going forward. I think that might be the way around they potentially could use them. Uh, and it's probably, a, a, I think he's probably hit her a formula on the head there, Danny, a little bit, hasn't he? Yeah, I think so. And I, I'm just hoping that he can get some, we can get some bodies in 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 January to try and help those guys up front. I mean, I think a lot of the injuries that we've had, we have such a small squad in comparison to a lot of the clubs in the championship even, that these players are having to, even when they are fit, they're having to play a lot of minutes, you know. So I think, um, yeah, I hope I hope we can get some people in January to help those guys because, you know, I think, and also like even with people like, Kasumu and people like that we do have quite a few injury prone players so I think we do need that extra those extra bodies in in those attacking positions 100% on I'll talk about the tiredness in a second but at half time uh, Huddersfield Town were on their way to the dizzy heights of 17th could you believe it and you know <laughs> having been 21st you know and, and looking a little bit behind almost there was almost a gap wasn't there from third bottom to us and then a gap from us to, to 20th and we we kind of clawed that back at half time and it was looking really good uh, not that you should ever look at the table at half time because you get you know you'll get you know you're setting yourself up for disappointment aren't you but yeah. uh, you know Plymouth were going to fourth bottom and Plymouth have got a last minute winner haven't they and and they've gone shooting up to 15 16th and then we've dropped back down in again having conceded at the end but you know seven from nine would have been an incredible week wouldn't it considering where we where we'd come from and um 
like I say, the tire, it just seemed to be the second half. It's tiredness and fatigue. And Killer was on the, Ian Kilroy was on the podcast last week. And, you know, him speaking from experience said, there's nothing, you know, if you don't have the ball and you, you get, you've got 20% possession, it absolutely drains you. And we've done that yes. three games in a week. And the first, the first fly to fall, if you like, was poor Ben Jackson, wasn't it? He was given a, a torrid 10 minutes by Yannick Balassi. Ben Jackson was good in the first half, you know, absolutely yeah. no issues. And he was fantastic. He's been fantastic recently as Ben Jackson. And he was given a bit of a torrid 10 minutes by Balassi, who came on with something to prove. And Ben Jackson, bless him, was trying to keep up with him. And he just, yeah. I think his muscles just completely seized up and he was down <laughs> on, and he, he had to go off and Roman Edmonds Green came on. And that, I don't know if that's a, a bit of an indictment of where Tom Edwards is is at the minute because Romani Edmonds Green, you know, he's been playing centre back or defensive midfield has has come on at right wing back instead of the right back on the bench, if you like. But the goal for Swansea just seems to have come after we've weathered the storm. And me and Josh were WhatsApping each other, and Josh was like, "Do you think we're going to hang on here?" And I said 50-50 in the WhatsApp, but really, I actually thought we would hang on. <laughs> but I didn't want to say it to jinx it. That's one of those things. Because so I was watching Swansea just fade away, and I was thinking, "They've done a bit here, Swansea. They 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 were they were struggling. They were they were struggling to break us down." And then the goal comes, and and Cosy, uh, me and Cosy disagreed on on WhatsApp with us. He he's berating Bergzog for the goal. Um, because Bergzog had a chance to play it down the line to Thomas and then instead he cuts back in and, and plays it to Jonathan Hogg's left side. Um, but I just felt that he'd held the ball up and he, he'd laid it off to Hogg to play that um, corner ball. And we've been playing that corner ball all day. The striker would drop off, hold it up, play it in. And it was usually Sauber who would play the ball around the corner to uh, to Headley on the other side or, 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 some, or, or the wing back. And I just felt like he'd just played it in. Hogg had to take two steps forward and then just play it into the corner for Sorber to chase, and that probably sees the game out and win it. But what I do want to say is I've seen a few people, not two-foot hoggy, no one two-foots hoggy, do they? No fans really going too hard on Jonathan Hogg, because we all love Jonathan Hogg. Jonathan Hogg's 35 on Wednesday, and he's one of those players, Danny, you mentioned, always has little niggles, doesn't he? He has that hip, yeah. uh, uh, hip problem. He's played 285 minutes this week, mostly without the football. Yeah. And he's for me, he's been an absolute warrior over this last week. He's been phenomenal. Yes. He was phenomenal at Sunderland. He was excellent up to that point. And it's his first mistake in the 280th minute of the week. And I just wanted to say, rather than say, oh, we've we've dropped two points because Jonathan Hogg's made a mistake, I want to say we gained five points this week because Jonathan Hogg was bloody excellent through the yeah, week. And I'd rather sort of say, Hoggy mm. was great this week. Yes, okay, maybe he could have done something different on that chance. But even then, there's 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 a, a back five behind Jonathan Hogg at that point. So you know something could have happened. But you know, I, I just wanted to say that I think Hoggy's been absolutely magnificent this week, and yeah. I don't think we get five points if he's not on the form he's shown this week, Jerry. No, that's absolutely true. A couple of other things I would say about that. One, you do have to give Swansea some credit for the goal. The Touch from Patterson into Patino's path is excellent. Uh, just, you know, the little kind of uh, back heel almost sort of thing uh, from Patterson there in front of Patino. And then Patino sticks it right in the corner, too. Like, um, you know, there was still a lot for Swansea to do even after they'd taken the ball off of Hogg. And, you know, I'll just, isn't I'll a mistake. just jump in there, Jerry. Yeah. Just jump in, say, Patino's, because we, we talk about XG, you know, I, I don't know if XG makes its way over there, you know, in terms of expected goals and it gives you a percentage rate 
Patino's strike was 0.06, which kind of shows how good it was because you know the, yeah. the expectation of him to score was very low. And it was yeah. twice as low as what Danny Ward's header was, for example. And Danny Ward's yeah. header was 0.13, which isn't massive. Um, so it just shows really how good Patino's strike was, yeah. really, and how uh, how out of the blue maybe it was. Yeah, I, to be fair, by that point, I think from the start of the second half against Sunderland, Town had probably faced somewhere between 30 and 35 shots without any of them going in. Eventually... You know, if you give your opponent that many, even .06 shots, eventually one of them goes in the net, right? Um, you know, so full credit to Patino at the same time. Like, it, you know, you just can't give up as many shots as Town did over the course of those two games and expect every single one of them to be kept out. And, you know, full credit to Maxwell and, you know, Pearson and Hellick and Hogg, all those guys in the back had a phenomenal week. They were absolutely outstanding. I totally agree with you about Hogg. You know, that's the sort of error that Hogg doesn't make if he hasn't played 285 minutes in the space of a week at Sunderland, at Swansea. Um, You know, it's just a matter of he does not – see the defender on him right there, right? Like he's turning, he just, he, he doesn't see him. I, I don't know if he didn't get a shout or just heard it late, but, you know, we talk about, it's not just physical fatigue when you've played 285 minutes of course of a week. It's mental fatigue. And I, I think if it's even earlier in the game, maybe even earlier in the second half, I think Hogg is aware that that player's there, gets the ball under control, makes the play, and they see up you know, uh, win, but I'm, I'm totally with you, Matt. Like that's the sort of thing that happens when you have players who can't rotate out, who can't sit, uh, and, you know, take a night off because there's just nobody to replace them. Right. Like even with Kasumu healthy, we don't have Wiles. We don't have Rudoni. Um, you know, Edmonds green, I don't think is really, the sort of player where you say, okay, we're going to stick you as one of two midfielders in the middle of this three, four, three, five, four, one, whatever. I, I think that's not his role. If you've got a three man midfield, okay, maybe we talk about bringing in Edmonds green. Um, but if we're talking about just this sort of, you know, two midfielder system in the middle of this three, four, three, five, four, one, it, it's gotta be hog and consume. I don't think Moore has any other options to put there. And the result is that Hogg has to play every single minute. And, you know, I, I think you're absolutely right, Matt. The result of that is that Town got five points from all those minutes, but it also meant that Town didn't quite get the seven points either. Josh, I'll throw that to you because there's a couple of things there. There's there's the, you know, the tightness, there's the Ben Jackson substitution, and then there's Hogg and Kasumu. And Kasumu's just come back as well. And I, I felt Kasumu was was feeling it as well. And I know people say they've just had an international break, et cetera, et cetera. And okay, there is that. But like I say, that's a lot of football. I mean, one of the games last, I think it was the Swansea game last 99 minutes and Swansea almost even nicked it in the Harry Darling had a header just after, which could have, which could have really kicked us in the old, uh, in the old sack, good old Rochambeau there. But, you know, we, we hung on. Helic, I thought was, continues to be rock solid as well Josh but you know you can pick a point there we've got Helic being rock solid Nakayama's I thought did quite well we, we, we'll have to 
briefly mention him trying to cushion Jerry Yates in at one point in, in the second half, which which was um, not 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 ideal. But Helic was phenomenal in his recovery and, and put and put Jerry Yates off, thankfully. But other than that, we look at you know, you look at the stats and nine clearances from Nakayama, the most clearances out of anybody in the team, and that went under the radar, I think, a little bit. Stephen Chicken, if you if you read. We are Terriers. I think everyone should subscribe to that as I, as I posted on on Twitter. Keep the town news ticking by backing the chicken, etc. Um, you know he he noticed it, um, but I think Nakiyama Helic and that defense in, in itself had a had a pretty good week, Josh. Yeah, well, it's, it's the strongest part of our squad, if we're being honest, um, including the goalkeeper. You know, got Nichols, Helic, Lee's, Pearson, Nakiyama. I missed I've missed a few surely, but you know they're. They are the strongest part of our team, which is not always reflected in the amount of goals we concede. But obviously, that's you've got to bear in mind how many, how much little the ball that we have, and uh, you know how much the opposition are attacking us. So, with that in mind, they um, have done pretty well to keep Sunderland to to one goal, Swansea to one goal. Um, obviously, there's been a couple of games this season where we've sh- we've shipped four a couple of times, but um, hopefully. That's that's uh, we'll be on that now, but um, yeah, if we want to keep picking up points, I think it's crucial that um, Helic stays fit primarily. I think we'd be lost without him, uh, and then alongside him, Pearson and Lees, if they can form a, a trio at the back, and then yeah, Nakayama, apart from that dodgy header, um, and there's also another clearance that he played us into a bit of trouble, but apart from that, you know, he's, he's done pretty well. Um, so yeah, yeah. Defensively, I think we're doing all right. It's just a case of getting the ball more, so that we don't have to do as much defending. Definitely the trident of strength, isn't it, Lee's it's Solid, isn't yeah. It? Like it's, it's for a championship towns, team, it's solid defense. Towns, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, it doesn't have pace, does it? So you can't really push the defense forward too far. Um, but I mean, as as far as kicking and heading and doing all the defensive, the ugly side of the defensive game, it's as good as it gets, really, isn't it? In I'd say outside the top six of the the championship for for sure. Um, I think what we'll do now is we'll roll in an opposition view. So I did I caught up with Luke Davies from Swans Cast Media, and Luke gave us the the view from the Swansea side. So it's always interesting to see what the opposition fans have made of it, and it's probably slightly different to uh, to our happier. Stance. <laughs> Swansea have come under a lot of pressure recently and a home tie against another team near the bottom of the table was seen as a must win by many Swans fans. Obviously we didn't manage to do that with a one-all draw really not being deemed good enough and that's no disrespect to Huddersfield as a team but I think when you're in a situation like another lower end of the table you need to be eyeing up home victories against the teams that are also in that sort of same region of the table so for the away team, I'd always say a point in those sort of games is really a positive, but as the home team, just disappointment, I guess, and didn't really help. It extended quite a poor run of form for us, and Michael Duffy is under a bit of pressure to try and correct that with the games not getting any easier up in front of him. Some people have questioned the team selection, but I don't think there's any merit in questioning the team selection if you're going to concede within the first few minutes of any match. It doesn't matter what team you pick because your game plan's gone out the window and, you know, Huddersfield came down then and had something to defend in order to get three points for the rest of the game and made a really good effort of doing so. 
and we weren't good enough to answer the questions they asked in terms of breaking down the defence and getting through to get an equaliser until very late into the game. And the equaliser, as much as it's a point rescued, as I mentioned prior, really wasn't good enough in a game that we were targeting victory to try and pick up our form going into the Christmas period. So, it, as I said, doesn't get any easier. Some notable performances from Swansea, though. Yannick Balassi, I think, is introduction. He's a new sign-in at the club. He's coming as an emergency free transfer to see what he can kind of offer. 34 years old, so he's not necessarily as fit or hasn't got the pace as what he used to offer. But I think when he did come on at the first half of the second half, definitely offered some excitement what he could show going into the rest of the season or the rest of the time he is at the club. Um, really needs to get his fitness up probably though if he's going to make a big impact. Charlie Patino hasn't been in the team for a couple of games and he came on I guess and made a statement making that uh, equalising goal. Very good finish from him and I think reminding us of why he should be included in the starting lineup. The Swansea really, really are lacking in the forward options and especially with pace. So as I said, Yannick Balassi offered what we potentially are looking for, but I think we need more than just him to really fix the issues that we do have. So when a team comes and defends deep, we can't break it down. We've got no one that can really run in behind. We don't have anyone that runs at uh, players with confidence. And that's why when Bellati came on, it was so exciting because he kind of did those things for a brief period. But I think Jamal Lowe, Paz, and they offer what they offer and they've been good for us this season, but there is limitations there. And we can't get, for example, Jerry Yates up top or Liam Cullen in this instance into the game. And a forward, whoever plays in a striker position, really isn't offering much. And it's a bit of a predicament for Swansea, but we'll see if Michael Duff can turn it round. Um, a lot of fans, I think they've had enough and they, they're kind of ready to move on. I do think sometimes, better the devil you know, you know it, it is early days still in his tenure, can he turn it around? Sometimes you benefit from giving the manager time. If we do move on from him now, like who will we get in? How is it going to improve the situation? And are we just going to be like recycling managers then to, to beat the drop? And for me, that always ends in a in a bad way. So. Sometimes patience pays off for those who, who can wait. But do we have the time? That's the question. And yeah, not, not the best outlook down here at the moment in South Wales. But um, good luck for the rest of your season. And uh, thanks for catching up before the game and having me on now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cosy, what, what's your favorite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I really like the South Wales accent because even when they're sort of Sad, they sound happy, if you know what I mean. It's always a, a nice, happy, skippy accent, isn't it? It's one of my favourites, absolute favourites, is the <laughs> South Wales one. Uh, right, a question for you guys. Huddersfield Town, five points from nine. Decent. Um, 
Are you a little bit concerned though that QPR and Sheffield Wednesday seem to have picked up because we we, we had that um, we had that buffer, if you like, of uh, teams being worse than us. Um, so it didn't really matter if we lost because we were quite lucky that Chef Wednesday, Rotherham, and QPR were doing the best to be you know much worse than us. But QPR two wins in a week, and they've got good players. QPR Willock and Chair and Dykes, and you think. Oh, okay. They're starting to find a bit of form there. It's so you you kind of left worrying a bit. And if we if we'd have got what we expected, I think most town fans expected no points from this from these three games. To be fair, if we'd have had no points. We didn't. We'd have been in the bottom three, which is um, which would have been mentally would have put us in a completely different headspace. And I think the players in a completely different headspace. So it's good that we picked up this week uh, with two home games to come. I should add where we've got uh, an even bigger chance of picking up something but do you find it a little disconcerting or am I just a worrier Danny am I, do I just worry for I, over um, no reason or do I look at QPR and, and, and are you thinking oh shit they're starting to do alright I can un- I can understand why you'd think that I think um, Chair who plays for QPR is a really good player and if that they got that new coach can get him playing then I think you know they'll probably rise up the league but I think you can only really concentrate on yourselves and at this at this point in the season I think we just have to do as much as get as many points on the board before we get to January, and then hopefully we have a successful January and we can start putting a, like a few runs together. But it was good to see, it was good to see the players this week. I feel more. Last time I was on, I think it was after the Leeds game, so it's a different what? feeling from from. Um, what a time to come on, eh? <laughs> it was, it's a different feeling after those three games that we've had this week. And you can tell that the players are really like working hard and working for him. And I think that there's a good spirit, I think. I think you've got good professionals, like you said, those defenders that we've got, like Helic and Pearson, Lees. Then you've got Hogg and Kasumu coming back. I mean, I just pray to God that he stays fit because he seems to get an injury all the time. So they need to wrap him up in cotton wool. But I think there's the makings of a decent little championship outfit if we can get some attacking players in but we really do in January need to be backed properly but I know what you mean I feel like QPR they've got those players that they could go on and run so but it's, I mean what can you do you can't really affect we can't affect any of it to be fair so there's no point worrying about it yeah Josh you were you were kind of fidgeting during that uh, well I, I had something to man, say but, um, yeah I, I don't see QPR going down to be honest um I'm no. looking at I'm looking at no, Plymouth. Um, they had a good start, so they're maybe a little bit ahead of where they they might end up. Um, Millwall, you know, Stoke are bad. Uh, Birmingham, you know, Rooney. They'll probably get rid of him soon if he carries on like this. So, on the other hand, you know, the, the teams above us seem a lot closer now, and if we can win uh, on Saturday, things will be looking pretty different on the table. But I think Rotherham and Sheffield Wednesday. I can't see either of them getting out of it. Um, but yeah, I think I think I'm, Plymouth would be my pick for the third spot. Yeah, I, I was quite happy in a low, a low key kind of way because um, I know Danny Cadamatri a little bit, and I've coached his son Bailey just a little bit as well. Um, so it was nice to see his his lad score for Sheffield Wednesday. So that was quite a nice moment as well. Um, for Sheffield Wednesday but hopefully there's not many more hopefully he has lots of nice moments but not so many for Sheffield Wednesday because <laughs> don't want to land uh, us into trouble but go on Jerry. Yeah I was going to say I would be more 
worried about QBR specifically to a lesser extent Rotherham and Wednesday a few weeks ago when it felt like the rest of the division had left. You know, you mentioned that gap between town and 20th. Uh, you know, it, it felt like the rest of the pack had moved off and it was kind of four teams battling to see which one of the four would stay up. Um, and the rest of the pack has come back. And in fact, like town, you know, there are fewer points between town and Birmingham and 15th. There's three points behind town there and between town and uh, the drop zone right now, which is four. We're, we're four ahead of QPR and 22nd. Uh, but we're only three behind uh, Birmingham and 15th. So, you know, just the fact that there's now so many teams in this mix where we only have to have, you know, one or two of them really drop off here, uh, you know, over the latter part of the season uh, after the, you know, uh, January window, there's so many more candidates, right? Like it's not four teams. Only one of them is going to get out anymore. Like now it's this big bushel of teams um, and, you know, the other thing is just town to me this past week for the first time under more since, you know, maybe the Ipswich, you know, draw very early on look like a team that shouldn't have to worry week in, week out about relegation. Like this looks like a team that should be able to grind out results. They're not going to go out there and win games three to nothing. Like they're not going to be able to do that. Um, but, you know, despite the shot disparities, despite the XG, um, you know, they had that one really good hat against Southampton. That still, to me, uh, was the best we've seen them under more. And they took that forward. Like, they got the win against Sunderland. And it wasn't just, you know, admittedly, it took a little bit of good fortune. Sunderland didn't finish real well in that game. But, you know, they got the goals. They held out. They got the win. And then they got, you know, in, from my view, a little bit more fortunate point there against Swansea. Uh, the two headers off of corner kicks uh, that they both flubbed, like one in the first half and then the one late on, which I still watching the highlights back later. I was like, I cannot believe he missed that header, which is literally like completely unmarked from six yards. It's just, uh, it really absolutely should have been the winner, but it didn't go in town, got the point. Um, You know, they defended for the most part well enough to say, okay, like, you know, that's a point that they can get again later in the season. They look to me like a team that should be able to get results if they play like this going forward. And again, as we've said, you know, so many times, if they do strengthen the squad in January, uh, it should make those results even easier to pick up, hopefully. I agree. Jerry, bringing the positivity there. Just roll that back a few minutes. Did you say Birmingham or did you say Birmingham? I, d- I, d- I couldn't quite pick that up from from there. Well, when in Rome, right? I, I tried to say Birmingham. I'm, I'm no good at <laughs> it. So. It was more. Yeah, you'd say, you did it. You went more English, didn't you? Instead of the uh, the Alabama. I version, try. I try. Right? Like, I, I know it's, it's not I natural. I like, if I if I'm reading like the name of the club on my screen, my brain goes Birmingham. Right? Like that's just what happens. But. <laughs> I'm trying to short circuit it between my brain and my mouth and have Birmingham. I should just say Brom, really, is what I should say, right? (laughs) He is assimilating into one of us very, very quickly. (laughs) Um, There is no away day audio log this week. Um, We we were going to have a very special one from Mr. Kilroy Silk up at Sunderland, but he did an intro and then forgot to do the rest. And then we had no one come forward for the Swansea trip. So uh, it may be... uh, Maybe being lost very quickly, that one, although I do have one uh, for Millwall, which is always nice. Uh, let's move on to Sunderland because this was 
a surprise, wasn't it? Because Sunderland, I think, was sixth, were they, at the start of the day? They were a top six team and, you know, got in the top six last season, finished in the playoffs, lost in the semifinals. But what a great win this was. This was phenomenally good, wasn't it? I know that you watched the game and, you know, it wasn't a classic by any means, but the re- just the result in context was uh, was excellent, wasn't it? And, you know, Helic and Bergsog coming up with the goods. Uh, Helic, who, who was outstanding again on the day, uh, you know, he heads in, you know, the old one too. Saw, but I think it was Saw, wasn't it? Dr- he's, he's drilling corners this season, isn't he? There's been a bit of a change from Simon Allen um, where under Corbran and last season and maybe earlier this season, Saw was whipping those uh, balls in towards the six-yard box and now he's sort of drilling them and you know, he's drilled one and Tom Lees has headed it back and Michal Helic, you know, being six foot four helps, doesn't it? And he's just tapped it in on the far post and, and all of a sudden you're thinking, bloody hell, we're one nil up here at, at the the Stadium of Light and um, we played quite well in that first half. It, it was good and I thought David Kasumu was outstanding as well um, and there was a another performance by Chris Maxwell. Max, Chris Maxwell made several good saves in this game. There was one or two ropey moments that he, that that comes with. I think the Alex Pritchard free kick seemed a bit he, he, he just really unconventional but it worked. The save from Bellingham, Joe Bellingham uh, was, was excellent. The one-on-one save and there's nothing there that you would describe as, as world-class or anything, but they're, they're just good, solid saves that a number two championship goalkeeper doesn't always make. So I think we're very fortunate to be in a position whereby we have a very good number one goalkeeper in Lee Nichols, and we've also got a very good number two goalkeeper. And he's probably, in terms of the championship outside the Premier League teams, it's as good as it gets, isn't it? Having Chris Maxwell on the bench and you know being able to put you know bring him in, and he's had a he's had a hell of a week, hasn't he? Uh, Josh. Yeah, I echo what you just said there. It's pretty much as good as you're going to get. Um, you know, for a lower half championship team, second choice. Um, yeah, I'm a bit surprised really that he's he's happy to do that at this stage of his career. He's not, he's not that old, I don't think. Um, he's not here no. for the money, is he either? That's that's yeah. probably going to be one, one thing. Yeah, he's, done pretty well yeah. Yeah. he's 33, so, you know, so that's, that's not too old for a good it's, not, it's a good age. It's yeah. a good age for a keeper. You've been really impressed with him, to be fair. I don't think he could have done any better than in his, than he's done in these games where he's come in. Um, I think Nichols will come back yeah. in once he's once he's fit. But yeah, absolutely. And he seems like a good pro as well. Everyone, you know, people say that he's, he's a good trainer. And yeah, I watched his interview. He spoke well. He was all about the team and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, fair play to him. And he's really good to have as, a, as our number two. And the good thing is, Danny, as well, it's last season, Lee Nichols was brought back quite quickly. I think he played at near one, it brought him back against Cardiff. And I think the the point to do that against Cardiff was just to give the team a bit of a boost going into a, a decent game just to see the main man back. But he was probably brought back a little bit ahead of schedule and there's no need to do it at the minute, is there? Because you've got Chris Maxwell doing fine in goal. And this is what, you know, the reason why so many players are tired is because of the squad, which you alluded to earlier. The squad is too small. And there's not enough quality to fill in the gaps when people get injured. Goalkeeper is one position where there is no such issue. And, you know, this allows Lee Nichols to get back to 100%. Uh, and there's no need to rush him back because Chris Maxwell's doing a good job. Yeah, and you make a good point there. And I think going back to what you said about Kasumu, I just think his energy is sort of it's infectious whenever he plays. And I think him and Hogg really do have a good understanding of each other. I think he improves Hogg and Hogg improves him. 
And I don't think you always get that. Sometimes you get like, because I don't think Wiles has found that with anybody yet in the team. So no, it's like, it's really nice to, I think that's a solid sort of back three with those two. If we could keep all those five, plus either Nichols or Maxwell in goal, I think I think we'll have a good chance of not conceding loads. And I think after the Leeds game, it's interesting what Moore's done. He has made us like a better defensive unit. I think they've done a lot of work on that. And obviously it's not as great to watch as you might want it to be at times. But I think the situation we're in with the squad is we just have to grind out what we can really. And so I, it's just, and I like I like all those players. I think they're all, don't know, decent professionals. So, and, and Kasumu would just really just have to, because he, he gets injured so often. And it's the way he plays, partly. But he, we just need to look after him. It's a man on the edge, isn't he, David Kasumu? Yeah, he's, um, he's, he's, yeah. Another man who came back, and I, I thought it was good to see him back, is the doctor himself, Mr. Bergzog. He, um, it's, it's one of those where he's... Um, you don't realise how much you miss him until he's not there. One of those, you know, the Matty Pearson thing. I don't think we realised how much we missed Matty Pearson last season until he wasn't there. And it's like, Christ, we miss Matty Pearson so much. And now Matty Pearson's just throwing in seven out of tens every week, isn't he? Not, and no one's really talking about him. But I tell you, if you take him out of that team, it looks a lot different, doesn't it? And and I get that people will be frustrated sometimes because Matty Pearson's, you know, tends to just clear the stand, if you like, when he gets the ball at his feet and... You know, he's not the most cultured, shall we say, but he can defend. You know, he can defend. He might not be rapid, but he's just a great defender, isn't he? Um, and again, like I say, it's the ugly side of the game, which is, you know, which some of our defenders are really good at. But to go back to the point, which was Delano Bergzog, he was probably, before his injury, starting to go on a, a his whole peaks and troughs, isn't it, with flair players and mavericks like him. And he was probably troughing a little bit, you know, like we, we're all probably going to do at Christmas, but. He was starting to hit that trough and I think people were starting to think maybe he needs dipping out. But he's come back in and, okay, Swansea, there's that that moment at the end, isn't there? But you can see with the quality, he does bring a certain quality, even if he's not, you know, going back to Cosy's favourite where he, he talks about Darren Moore shouting goals and assists to him all the time. Goals and assists, Del, goals and assists. And um, he, he, he has that ability just to, open, you know, just to push the ball past someone into space and it just takes you 10, 15 yards higher up the pitch. So whereas Danny Ward would have been really ideal, like you said, Jerry, at the end of that Swansea game, just just for, you know, a little bit of nous and a little bit, you know, and the talking. Bergsorg, what he can do is in when you're defending in that 5-4-1 shape, he can just go ghost past two players and he can just take you 20 yards further up the pitch, very similar to what Rajiv Van Lepare used to do for us a few years ago, whereby... The the end product wasn't there with Van La Parra. Delano Bergso scored more goals already, I think, than what Van La Parra did in that sixteen seventeen season where we got promoted. But he's um he's frustrating, but it brings a certain quality that we've lacked, hasn't he, in the in the couple of games when he's out, Jerry? Yeah, absolutely. I well again we talked a little bit earlier about needing a player like Headley. Um would maybe like to see a little bit more of Rahima Diara, these guys who can get on the ball and just kind of make things happen, right? Because Town are not the sort of team where we say, okay, you know, we're going to get on the ball, and we've got these mid creative midfielders who are going to keep possession, you know, pass the ball, neat moves forward, um, you know, put a lot of pressure on the opposing goal, and eventually, you know, we're going to get a poacher, finisher type who's going to finish one of, like, the three or four strong chances we generate, like – Town don't have the squad for that. Um, and I think, you know, we've talked about it. it's definitely 
frustrating to watch, you know, the end of the Sunderland game or the last 90 minutes of the Swansea game where towns just are not on the ball, you know, pretty much at all. And it's just one way traffic and it's a shooting gallery and we need all the saves to be made and all the blocks and this kind of stuff. You know, that's not, you know, a delight to watch, but that's the way town are going to have to play. Like I, you know, you look at their lineup against Swansea and again, all credit to Hogg and Kasum, and I totally agree with Danny that that gives us a great, like the spine of the team, you know, from the midfield back is really strong right now. I think, you know, Helic is playing in the middle. He's been great. We've got Hogg and Kasumu in front of him. You know, we've got Leeds and, Leeds and Pearson in the back. Uh, and then either Maxwell or Nichols. That's a great start, uh, you know, to a championship side, uh, particularly in the bottom half, particularly that's trying to avoid relegation. Like, I think a lot of teams in the bottom half would probably, you know, uh, be very willing to swap that particular spine for theirs, uh, you know, with Huddersfield. But what Hogg and Kasumu are not going to do is, like, you know, make these sorts of possession-type plays where we take the ball forward uh, and and put a lot of pressure on the opposing team. That's not going to happen. So we need Chroma and Bergsorg and Headley and, like I said, maybe Diara to make these plays where, you know, the ball just kind of gets punted upfield. Maybe we get on the ball and dribble past a couple of people and something just sort of appears. Uh, And Bergsorg is the complete perfect player for that. I I agree. He's going to have these troughs, like you said, where we go, you know, 180 minutes. We go 270 minutes where, you know, he doesn't do a whole lot. Um, Although, to be fair, like we're talking about the Sunderland game, he had a key – uh, you know, touch in the move that led to Headley really should have scored at the beginning of that game. It, it shouldn't have, should have been 1-0 in that game off of a Headley contribution in the opening three minutes. Uh, you know, he, that's one I think, especially this team has to put away. Um, you know, it, but that's the sort of thing that Bergsort, I, I think, excels in. And I think it's something that this team absolutely needs. I, I'm not completely sold on having him and Karoma in the side at the exact same time, since I think a lot of their strengths kind of overlap where, you know, they both want the ball at their feet. They both want to dribble past people. Um, You know, I I don't know about having both of them on the field at the same time, uh, but I definitely think both of them bring something uh, to the squad that squad desperately needs. 100%. Um, Just going back to something, Danny, we talked about the system quite a lot, the 5-4-1. The fans don't like it. It's boring. It's a tough watch. Uh, a necessity we, we've said on this podcast uh, the last few weeks at the moment there are players starting to come back now where there's, there's little rumours that Wiles and Radoni might be back sooner rather than later um, we've got two home games coming up now do you think it's maybe time that we can open up slightly not massively you can play the same personnel um, but you can have maybe Jackson Nakayama stood 10 yards higher up, for example, uh, rather than, um, you know, in a flat back five, you know, you can maybe m- maneuver them around a little bit more and have them joining. Because um, th- there's a chance now, is there? I think it's Bristol City and Preston. Preston are a really funny team at the minute. They either absolutely wallop someone and then um, and then get walloped for a couple of games. So I'm not sure which one's going to turn up against us. Hopefully it's the one that gets walloped and we can sneak something, but you, you just can't predict that, unfortunately. But with these two games now, do you think maybe it's time to maybe just tweak it slightly and move a little bit higher? I think we, we've just had two difficult away games and then we had Southampton. So, like, mm. 
I think you've always got to you've always got to have an eye on your opponent, and I think these next two home games, I think, yeah, we probably do have to go for it a bit more. But like you say, I don't think it needs to be a massive change. I think it's just a, rather than sitting back and trying to soak it up as much, let's see what we can do to them. It's a small, it's small percentages. I mean, when people are playing at this level, it's not it's not massive change that he's going to do overnight with the, you know, with the with the formation. It will be okay. Can we get forward more? Can we get forward more with the ball? You know, can we get can we get runners from midfield? Could Kasumu go get forward a bit quicker? And that and it's those little things that will change. Um, so yeah, I think I think yeah, I think he could you know let the leash off slightly um, at home. Definitely. Maybe it's that leash where you can just like press the button and give it a few extra feet, you know, like the dog. Not like off the leash, but there, just that that one. Those ones, um, yeah, the button ones, yeah. I've not got a dog. I've got a cat, and the cat put that guy on a leash. He'll go absolutely mental. But Josh, <laughs> um, what about you then? Would you would you make any changes moving forward, or do you think this is? Do you think the personnel wise, it's fine? They've got a week, haven't they, now to recover? There's no midweek game. Do you think personnel wise, it's fine? Hopefully, Ben Jackson Touchwood is is okay because he offers. Um, Something that we didn't realise we had at right wing back. Um, what would what would you maybe do then? Would you just think maybe it's time to go back to three five two, for example, and you could throw another striker. You can put Karoma. I know Jerry just said he doesn't like Karoma and Bergzog up there because they overlap, but they did play quite well together against Ipswich. There's, there's, I think where I'm going with this is it's quite good now that we've actually got one or two options rather than being forced into a set eleven. Yeah, well, uh, this Saturday is the first time since probably. QPR game that we are you know favourites we're at home against uh, a team you know Bristol City are above us in the league but it's a game you're looking at and expecting you know to have, have a good chance of winning that's what I'm trying to say so in terms of personnel I would definitely have Thomas Karoma and Bergzorg all starting um, whatever formation they line up in I don't care I just want to get all three of them on and then we'll, we'll cause them problems with those three um, for sure um, and yes yeah, so it's a really good opportunity I think the next three games Bristol City at home Preston at home I saw a bit of them on Sky against QPR they got booed off by their own fans they were awful uh, and then Millwall who are struggling as well so you know if we can keep going as we are stay solid at the back and then in the next two home games you know be a bit more on the front foot I, I see no reason why we can't get you know at least another four or five points from these next nine games and then things will be looking uh, a lot better. So I'm not expecting us to, you know, go all out on Saturday, but there's no, I don't see us having as little possession as we have against last um, against Swansea and Sunderland. It, that's just not going to happen because Bristol City aren't going to play like that. So I'm expecting a bit more front foot, not, you know, not gung-ho attacking, but, I think we'll uh, we'll cause some problems, um, and I'm optimistic for next three games. So he's good. Been optimistic, been a town fan. It's that's Danny. That's <laughs> only for unheard the next of. Games, I said. Unheard well, of. Makes me feel pessimistic that we're being out to live for three games. <laughs> it's a short-term deal. Yeah, short-term deal of three. Don't go on Twitter. That's all I'm going to say. That's very <laughs> negative. I know. Someone, someone accused us of. Uh, of sleeping with Darren Moore the other week, I think, and after we'd pretty much pulled the, pulled the performance to bits, I was like, you can't win either way. There's people saying we're too negative. Some people say we're too positive. You can't win. Can you? Yeah. Just be yourself, I guess, at the end of the day. Yeah. And if that includes sleeping with Darren Moore, it'll include sleeping with Darren Moore. But 
Let's let's um, two things that go together are chicken and Hartrick. And uh, chicken has um, be interviewed Kevin Nagel this week, so I'm not going to um, go into any sort of depth as to what was said in that because uh, Stephen's now trying to set up uh, you know a paid content and the Substack. So please uh, try and subscribe if you can to uh, the chicken Substack, which I think is we are terriers.substack. We are terriers. Subscribe, so I should know that. Yeah, so uh, yeah, uh, give Stephen a hand. Um, but the, I think one thing that he uh, Kevin Nagel has said, and he's also said it on Radio Leeds, so I'm not I'm not going into too much. Is that uh, Darren Moore is the man, and he will be back in January. So I think anybody hoping that Darren Moore is going to be kicked out in the next couple of weeks is is going to be disappointed. It's not happening for Christmas. The the owner himself has has backed his man, and I'm quite pleased he has in a lot of ways because you know I know it's one of those things, isn't it, where we lose the next three games 5-0 and all of a sudden he has to probably reassess a few things. But that tends to happen more often than not in football, doesn't it? But it's quite nice just to say, look, we've got a long-term plan. Darren Moore's our guy. We're going to give him all the tools he can to succeed, which is which is music to fans' ears because I think people look back at the January, uh, not January, the summer transfer window and we're very disappointed by that. Uh, the club... Uh, communication at the time was probably more difficult with new people coming in all the time but and, and Neil Warnock heading up the, the transfers really but the, the the real deal there was that town was hamstrung by uh, FFI um, issues there pertaining to the takeover so they were kind of like strung, hamstrung a little bit financially in what they could spend uh, it's not that they didn't want to spend per se but they, they couldn't as per the t- terms of the the takeover. So, you know, I think people need to cut uh, Mr. Nagel a little bit of slack on that one. But coming up now is the winter window, which is notoriously difficult to get good players in, isn't it? But we did manage this in 2020, was it 2020 when Danny Cowley, 2019, 20, was yeah, it? I can't remember. I'm getting my years mixed up now. Or maybe 2018, 19. Yeah, 2020. Yeah. We brought in Harry Tofflow, didn't we, for half a million, which was a great signing, uh, or 400 grand or whatever it was. Uh, Emil Smith Rowe came on loan, you know, Premier League player, and uh, did did very well in in the bursts that he played. And um, Jonas Lussell joined us as well, didn't he, at the end of that window uh, to solidify the goalkeeping option. So we have a precedent before where we have done well in January. So we're, we're hoping for something similar, and it is it is good that you know the the owner is is planning on on backing Darren Moore, and hopefully the expectation level will be set quite early because I think different fans have different perceptions of what backing a manager means, don't they? I think some people, I think have probably, you know, you look at, we'll talk about Man City in a, in a little bit, but Man City, Chelsea and see the money they're throwing around. And I don't think any Huddersfield fan expects millions upon millions in eight-year contracts to circumvent FFP, allegedly. Um, oh. So I don't think anyone kind of expects town to be doing anything crazy like that, but a little bit here and there and, you know, some nice loans here and there, I think is what town fans expect. And hopefully town fans will get it because I think with the squad, the way it is, uh, we're still going to have five months or so, four and a half, five, five months, five and a bit months left of the season come, come January. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be all sorts of twists and turns and town are going to need as good a squad as possible because especially if QPR are picking up Rotherham are yet to name their next manager, although apparently Nathan Jones has said no today. So um, I thought that was relatively good news, to be honest. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday are kind of doing okay all of a sudden. So 
we've we've covered that earlier, but with them on the horizon, Plymouth's home record been really good. Coventry, Millwall keep sort of like bobbing along down there with us as well. Um, there's no one really that you're looking at going. Well, they've got a potential three, six, nine point penalty over them, like Reading last year. We all we knew all along that Reading were going to have that issue come the end. So there's no one really like that now. So Town have to do this off of their own back, like Danny was saying. You have to look after yourself, and Town really need to go out there and do some decent work. Um, I think everybody's probably got a different idea of what we need. Um, I've been doing an article since August 24th, believe it, and I've still not finished it about what Town need in terms of the forward line. I'm so pathetic at writing, honestly. But uh, we, we, we there's, there's a lot of data out there that shows that Town don't always create the chances for strikers as well. Um, so it might not just simply be a case of buying one striker and thinking everything's fixed. You know, that for me, there's a passing central midfielder that we've lacked for a long time. There's the right-back situation. I mean, the centre-backs we've said are good, but they lack pace, so they can't push forward. But maybe that's a medium to long-term thing where you're looking at maybe a different partner for for Helic or, or, or a different option in there. Um, Yuta Nakayama's contract is out up at the end of the season. Uh, as is Brahima Diara's. Will there, will there be any movement on the contracts for them or will they be pushed out while we can earn money? There's all sorts of things that could potentially happen. It could potentially be a really busy one as well and obviously Town are bringing back the academy as well will they look to bring in some academy players and you know there's a it's quite exciting really when you know there's nothing like the dopamine hit of a transfer window is there when when you when you club sign in footballers and um there's a lot that could go on and you know I've talked there for a couple of minutes Jerry but it's it's quite exciting for a fan isn't it to think that something bigger better could be over the horizon and someone that man in the red cape could come in, whisk in and, and save our season and uh, and fly away in, uh, in uh, come May. Uh, particularly if we sign uh, another Emile Smith row, uh, Chris Willett came in in that uh, window as well, if I remember correctly, right? Um, you look back yeah, on that, and this is beside the point, but you look back on that squad that the Cowleys had at the end of that year where uh, they had Smith row and they had Willock uh, and a lot of other very good players, and you, you kind of wonder why they managed to leave it quite the late uh, uh, guarantee that they weren't going down. Um, but, yeah, like, there's two things about, you know, uh, this particular transfer window, which is, yes, I am hoping that we maybe get that, you know, uh, shot of dopamine that you mentioned kind of signing where it's like, oh, they spent a lot of money uh, on this guy. Like this is, you know, a statement sort of signing, right? Where Nagel says, yes, we are going to make some serious investment. Um, you know, Wiles was kind of like halfway there, you know, maybe some measure of that. The fact that everybody knew we needed another central striker. We all knew that Danny Ward was going to miss time. We all knew you know, he and Herod and Kyle Hudlin were probably not ready to step into that role uh, as the backup striker behind Ward. And Herod's done okay. Hudlin's kind of done okay. But, you know, we need another guy there. We all knew that. The fact that that didn't happen, you know, uh, sort of took some of the edge off of the signings that they did make, uh, which in terms of Maxwell was very good. And, you know, I think Wiles still has a lot of potential at town. Um, we, we certainly haven't seen the last of him by any stretch. Uh but we don't just need the big dopamine hit signing. We just need like bodies. Like, like we haven't filled out the bench on a lot of matches recently. Like literally they're like, 
Well, we've put everybody we've got on the bench and we still don't have the bench full. You know, it, they need to bring in just players like, you know, do you have two functioning feet? Are your ligaments intact? Um, congratulations. Like we, we have a, at least a tryout for you uh, here at Huddersfield Town. I, so, you know, I, I'm, you know, that's the sort of thing that I can't say I'm excited about. But I'm excited about the idea that maybe we can rotate the squad a little bit, that we can have players on the bench who can come in and do a job, hopefully for 20, 30 minutes, maybe give Jonathan Hogg a break, maybe give Delano Bergsberg a break, maybe, and I know this sounds completely crazy, but not play Matty Pearson, Michael Hellick, and Tom Lee's 95 minutes every single you know week. Uh, you know, there just need to be more options, even if they're not exciting options. Uh, Nagel's got to step forward. His team have to step forward, uh, identify the players, you know, who can do that job off the bench uh, and bring them in. I was hoping someone would pick that up, but yeah, I think he's... he's, uh, well, it, he's, he's, he's say, I was just going to say as well, I hope that we do some of the business earlier in January than wait till the very end where we're scrabbling around at the end, which is what we've done in the last few windows, and that they've got some people lined up anyway, whether they whether they're short term deals or loans, just so that we have that we have that little bit of a lift in early January, and we're not all waiting, you know, because you lose a month then with new players, another month where we've still got the small squad. So, and I know that's not always in your hands because it's up to players when they come and agents, and they'll be looking for other deals. But I think. Knowing since since the summer how important this window is going to be, it's going to be a real measure of what they're doing behind the scenes as to how organised they are with this window. And it if it's if they don't bring people in early in January, I think the, that's when the fans will get will get angry. Well, they touch you. Well, they touch they've, you. Got to, they've got time to plan it. Is my point. You yeah. know, and it's not it's not about. I'm not saying that you need to spend loads of money, but it's about bringing in the right people that can just give us that lift, I think. Mm. Sometimes it's about the dominoes yeah. falling the right as well, isn't it? It's yeah. people not wanting to let players go until... But yeah, I am with you that we, yeah. we need to try as and nice get as like our ideal world that we want to get them in early, but I think the way January goes, it's un- unlikely. I think I think we'll, we'll come to deadline day and we'll still be wanting one or two more, just the way it goes, you know. Fans always yeah, want one. We always get, want one or two more. We are greedy. Yeah. Sweet, sweet don't dopamine. Get placements in before letting people go, and it's obviously only a short window compared to summer. So, yeah, it tends to go late. But I'd like to see us get uh, one or two Premier League loans. As you said, we've been successful with them before. Um, yeah. I think there were reasons in the summer why we couldn't get some of those this time. But hopefully, we can rectify that in January. There is a unique sell it well. Unique-ish selling point, you could say, around about January 6th, 7th. And that is that Huddersfield Town will be playing in the FA Cup away at the Etihad. Did you celebrate or groan with when the draw was uh, was pulled? I, I'll be honest, I maybe groaned a little bit and then thought, ah, oh, and then went, ah. Oh. Yeah, I was I was a little bit torn. Uh, Danny, how, how did you feel when that, that came out? Because part of me was thinking, no possession, torture. Yeah. And the other part was, well, you don't get to play Man City that often, so go and enjoy yeah. it whilst you. And I can't wait for Helic versus um, Harland if he plays. 
Yeah, I, I imagine Man City might take it easy on us. Um, easier so. on us uh, with uh, yeah. Yeah. where they are. They've got a lot of games, haven't they? Went to the calendar. He'll be not got a game for a week either side of that, so I guess it'll be quite a strong team. Damn it, Josh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, yeah, oh well. Uh, I think it's a good. Yeah, thing. so maybe maybe we'll I'm get to see Holland. I'd like to see Hilly. We're going to get yeah, knocked out anyway, fine. so he may as well get knocked out for the best <laughs> team in the world. It'd be a good. Day. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, it's yeah, not like there's a good chance you can say we lost to the winners. Yeah. We've talked this entire podcast about how thin the squad is. Fewer fixtures are not necessarily the worst thing, right? Like, and, you know, it's going to, if town are going to lose and not put extra fixtures on the fixture list, uh, losing to Manchester City is about as easy a loss to take as you could possibly have. So there's that. I think, I think it's a good, it's a good draw. Manchester's a decent yeah, away trip there's as, that well, as well. It's a good draw for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll take a lot of fans over. The players will be buzzing for it, you know, playing against some of the best players in the world. Uh, yeah, I think it's a really, a really good, good draw for us. And it's also my uh, 30th that weekend, so it's fallen nicely. Gonna make make a day of it around Manchester, maybe an evening of it as well. So I'm buzzing. Very nice, very nice. Well, there's another angle to think about as well. The players. Every Huddersfield Town player will want to play in that game as well, won't they? So that's an incentive for them yeah. to up their game from now until then as well. So you know it it does come with with positives, uh, even if you you might think we might get uh, a bit of a batter in there. But also, we might not. Play you know, again, it might, it might be okay. No time. No we we'll get promoted soon, next season, Josh. <laughs> that's when. But... <laughs> Oh, no. yeah. I mean that's that's part of it. You've got to when you when you've got to enjoy these occasions, haven't you? And not really yeah. worry too much about the potential of another 10-1, which which I saw on, on social media. But uh, you know, you got to like I say, you got to enjoy these moments. I'm sure the players will enjoy the moments. It's a it's a great stadium, isn't it? Um the Etihad. It's a it's a smashing stadium to go and, and watch mm. football in. So I'm sure a lot of Huddersfield fans will be will be going over. Um and uh, I think that's pretty much and it, and it, sorry, all we've got time for this week. I think and it the last think question. We, drew, we got a nil-nil draw at Man City in 2018. When you, when you think about it, incredible. Yeah. yeah. They, <laughs> the, that was probably the Tommy only Smith. weekend. Tommy Smith could have taken all three there at the end. So close. Scott Malone, wasn't it? It was Scott Malone. When he went yeah. through one Malone, one, not Smith. My, my apologies. Was yeah. it Malone? God, yeah, yeah got him alone yeah, through, yeah, and yeah, and he thought he was going to win I'm it, bad. and he just bobbled in <laughs> into the huge <laughs> But he made up, he made up for it at Chelsea at the week, at the sort of following Wednesday, didn't he? With the winning that free kick to take the pressure off, did Scott Malone right yeah. at the end, right at the at end, Chelsea. Yeah. So yeah, Scott Malone, what a player! Well, <laughs> what a one season, one season player for us, fantastic. <laughs> but. um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think that's it. But I think the last question I would I would say we've got January coming up, and obviously we're hoping for signings galore. Um, but the question is, Jordan Rhodes for you three, would you or would you not bring him back as an option? Not saying start him every week for Huddersfield Town, but as a bench option uh, to throw on when you maybe needing a goal, chasing the game. Maybe Jordan could get that hundredth goal for Huddersfield Town. Who knows between January and May. What do you reckon? Because he's doing quite well at Blackpool. He's, he's sharp. He's scoring goals. Mentally, he's in a good place. Obviously, League One's a bit more difficult than... Well, League One's not as... Sorry, Championship's more difficult than League One. Um, so, what, 
So I think there are there are pros and cons. Out. Would you? I think everyone's kind of going. Mm. What do you reckon, Danny? Would you bring him back? I don't know if we create enough chances the way we play at the moment for him. And it's not mm. like he creates any himself, so I'm not sure. I mean, he's always a great option because he can still finish. But I think, I don't know, I think we need energy up there. And I'm not sure he's the right man at the you moment. Do your, you need to do I'm your Liam up. Neeson from Taken, don't you? I have a very yeah. particular set of skills, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, he's, I love Rhodes. I love Rhodes. But I just think... And I think he's he's going to be gone anyway when his contract's up. So maybe it's time for some fresh fresh legs. I'm not sure. Sorry, go on, Jerry. Jerry. Oh, right. Josh, we'll go, it's Josh. Them, yeah, go for it, Josh. It's one of them where whatever decision they make, I'm sort of all right with it. So if they bring if they bring him back, yeah, yeah, that's good. yeah also yeah, he's yeah. not far off. How many two hundred goals is it for town? It's got. I think it's hundred for for town. So I think he's on ninety seven. Is oh, sorry, he without 90, looking yeah. at? The stats, I think. So I think he needs three. I think he needs three for hundred. Which I think I I live in. I live in an ideal world like that where I'd love Jordan Rose to get hundred goals for this field. Yeah, I was going to say give him a give him a couple of penalties, but we don't get any penalties. So no, no, I can't remember the last time we got a penalty. And then I leave the last one to get three penalties. (laughs) I leave the last one for Jerry. Jerry, yay or nay? I I would be nay. I would rather you know, uh, buy the striker that they should have bought uh, over the summer and give the minutes that would go to Rhodes to a player who's going to be under contract, who has some long-term interest, um, you know, have that guy, whoever he may be, you know, between that hypothetical striker X, Ward, uh, you know, can spend some time with Bergsorg or Karoma uh, in that spot, I, I would think, um, town will be okay there. I, I, I totally agree with Danny. I, I think Rose is a finisher. I think he was phenomenal two seasons ago, you know, during the, uh, you know, uh, March to third, the playoff season there where town were on the front foot a lot more than they are right now. Um, I, I don't see him as being the sort of player, uh, that town need right this second, but, at the same time, A, if they don't succeed in bringing in that kind of striker, absolutely. Like, we we need somebody. Uh, if that somebody happens to be Rhodes, that's definitely better than no one. Um, and then B, yeah. if, you know, they they make the decision that he can help, um, you know, considering, you know, that he is on the books at town, uh, you know, it makes sense to maybe try and get some use out of him. I, I mean, I'm kind of with Josh, too. If that's the decision that they make, I, you know, okay, that makes sense, sure. Um, I wouldn't complain about it, uh, but if I was in charge, I, I would say let's sign a different striker uh, and, and give the minutes to that guy. Get big Tyrese back. Mm, Tyrese, he's, he's not scored no. yet, as he for Northampton in in the league. I should say, I think he's scored in the uh, the paint trophy, whatever it's called these days, which I hope we never go back to playing in ever again. <laughs> unless John, it's our own Papa John's, John's trophy. Papa John's, yeah, the, yeah. Papa John doesn't paint, does he? Is it was it changed again? Is it checker trade? Is it checker trade? Um, checker trade. Checker it might be checker trade. I don't know. I don't know. Who cares? As long as we're not in it. It's had also it's it's still it's still the auto windscreen as far as I'm concerned, is that one, the auto windscreen trophy. That's what that's what it'll always <laughs> be. Known it's Bristol Street, Bristol Street Motors trophy now. Bristol oh, Street Motors oh, it's, yeah. getting, it's getting worse. Isn't it, the phone, right? Um <laughs> yeah, it'll be bachelor be bachelor's mushy peas next <laughs> season, won't it? No, that'll be. As long as we're not in it, that is the, that's the that's worst thing about going down, you know, playing like Fulham under 21s at home or something like that. Obviously not Fulham. Right? <laughs> I, had a look, 
For anyone, anyone that's watching this on YouTube, Josh, why are balloons appearing on your screen at the moment? What have you pressed? I don't know. There's balloons going up Josh's birthday coming up. Maybe like the AI might pick up on the birthday thing. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay, here you go, Josh. Have some balloons. Happy Josh's birthday, like, pal. <laughs> yeah, just in case no one heard me, it's my 30th in the first week yeah, of January. Listening. Hint, hint, hint. <laughs> but anyway. I think that's uh, I think that's all we've got. We've got time for today, uh, Jerry. What outro would you prefer? Would you prefer the American version or the standard "Smile a While"? I'll let you make your choice. If we've got an American "Smile a While," you got to hit me with that one, man. It's not an American "Smile a While." It's uh, it's Adam Jarella, oh. the offensive podcast, has done a uh, Dean Hoyle singing uh, in an American kind of. I think it's Kids in America. We'll go yeah, with that. The, the Kids Thanks in America. Yeah, I would love to hear that, Matt. Let's do it. Okay. That's great. Thanks for listening this week. Uh, Sorry it was a day late, but I'm sure you've coped fine. Looking down the dirty old window Down below on Bradley Mills Road The cars rush around I'm parking me things And I'll leave the ground Thursday morning everyone's reading That it's time for a Huddersfield Ownership turnaround Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery delivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.